you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Jason, tell Jamie Arnold and those two guys that uh, they, they talk about me every once in a while when I tweet at the show. And I know you got to get up <laughs> early in the morning during the week. But, uh, yeah, Schrager, give it to him when you see him. <laughs> oh, would you look at that? Oh, we're going to get into that twin <laughs> cast Sorry, last night on Patriots.com. <laughs> you were not seeing double. That was Jason and Devin McCourty doing an alternate broadcast for the Patriots preseason game. There were two games last night. We're going to get to him here on Good Morning Football, live in New York City, Friday, August 11th. We got to the end of the week here, folks. I'm Jamie Erdahl, Kyle Brandt, Jason McCourty, and Mike Garofolo in for one Peter Schrager. Mike G, always a pleasure. Yeah, me and uh, that other guy. Yeah, I'm one of the two guys. Scott Zolak, I love you. I think they watched the show on mute, so you don't hear what I'm saying right now, but <laughs> hi. <laughs> <laughs> One of the two guys. Anytime. I love you, Scott. Well, the I was working in Boston 10 yep. years ago. So Zolak, okay. I used to kind of peruse the sideline with a little bit. So he he almost got my name right when he said that. I think he kind of okay. stumbled over the Erdahl part yeah. of it. But how was it? It was awesome. We had a ton of fun. I got to do it from the comfort of my home. Yep. Not easy hanging out with Deb for that many hours, but sure. we got through it. We got it done, and I'm here this morning. So mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you had 35 years of practice, so three hours of sitting next to each other. How was he as the game analyst? Oh, he's terrible. Oh. Yeah. Is a lot of work to be done? Oh, my goodness. Really? If I wasn't there, I don't think anybody would watch. You should do it yourself next time. Th- yeah. That was That's my exact thought process. Yeah. You That's carried good. it. You carried it. We're going to talk about the Twin Cast, amongst many other things. Well, let's get to the beautiful, beautiful thing we call the highlights. Time to play block. Play block. Play block. Texans were going to win this one 20 to 9. If you're paying attention to the preseason, you are. After the game, CJ Stroud had this to say about his NFL debut. Just wish I didn't do one mistake on one certain play, but other than that, thought I played solid. Felt good to get hit again um, and just get back in the groove. I just think that preseason, that's what preseason is for. It's important uh, just to get back and put your feet back in the water. So, um, not, of course, I'm not super excited how I played. Didn't get to play a lot, but. Uh, just get my feet in the water, learn from my mistakes, and just keep growing. Preseason is tough. You really don't know who's playing, what they're playing, or if they change anything. So uh, we had a solid plan, and we kept to it. And uh, I think we had a pretty decent day offensively, uh, except for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good approach. Uh, two drives out of the rookie quarterback, the number two overall pick. Guys, unpack C.J. Stroud's first taste of the NFL. Garofolo, you get to go first. Uh, well, first of all, I, I would hope that – at Third and 21, after your rookie quarterback gets sacked and then he's under pressure the next play, he's got to escape to his left, mm-hmm. which was a nice little escape that you saw right there, that you wouldn't call what you called right there backed up in your own zone. you got to give this guy a little bit. It's, it's preseason, so you take a shot here, but in the regular season, mm-hmm. some kind of screen no pass or handoff. A punt is a good play in that situation, and you want C.J. Stroud to understand that rather than to try to force that ball in there right there. Uh, and I also love the fact that this is changing topics, but Jalen Mills, the way that he played last night, not only there but also in the run support, tackles in the open yeah. field. Okay. 
it, it's great to see the evolution of his career from when he was a young player with the Eagles, mm-hmm. now being that veteran that says, oh, I got that rookie, I can read his eyes and make mm-hmm. a play on the ball. Uh, so good, good on Jalen Mills. But for C.J. Stroud, you got to understand in that situation, we punt the ball, that's a good play. Yeah. I thought it was dirty pool that Jalen Mills was even out there. You got an eighth, eighth year guy who's a Super Bowl champion, the Green Goblin. This is the first preseason game. What are they doing? CJ Stroud's supposed to go against, you know, undrafted guys, backups, everything. So, in a way, he's like going against a made guy. Mills has been out there. He's played against everybody. So, he picked him. It's fine. Um, I was interested in the conversation about C.J. Stroud, Mm -hmm. so I just click on the C.J. Stroud topic. The first tweet that – first of all, people are very mean. Oh, my God. You guys are so stupid. But one of them made me laugh, especially for you, Jason, because it was this – it was like the interception, and it's like, when you're finally playing football without Marvin Harrison Jr. (laughs) and Rutgers defensive backs. That's what they said. He had a big day against Rutgers, I guess. Um, Listen, preseason. I actually like that he laughed at the end. You know, like – I don't. I don't look at it the same way. You know, people got really pissed that Rapino laughed when she missed that yeah. kick. Now, how dare she? <laughs> I think each person had their own way of dealing with their adversity. I, I like that he laughed. It shows like I'm not. My head in my hands. It's not too serious. Like I'll get better from this. I thought he was fine. I loved how throughout the press conference he's talking about what the preseason is for. This is his first ever preseason game. Yeah. But he's telling everybody this is how the preseason goes. He doesn't know. But at the same time, to your point, Kyle, my biggest takeaway was the very end when he said, hey, we did well as an offense except me. I like and that. I think as a quarterback, you kind of have to have that demeanor. As early on in his career, he's a rookie. He's on a young team, first-year head coach. It's not going to be all peaches and rainbows and just going to be all great for him. There's going to be some adversity. He was the second overall pick a team that just missed out on being the worst team in the NFL last year. They're going to have to take steps, and I love his attitude and his demeanor starting out. Yeah, preseason, especially week one, is such a you know absolute soup uh, potluck, if you will, of teams trying to figure out what they're doing. And it's great to go live ball against a team you haven't seen before, but at this point, the Jalen Mills thing being out there was a little odd. Uh, but but two drives, I'm sure that was scripted. Even if he had gone you know two touchdowns on each drive, he probably would have pulled him anyways. Yeah. So I am interested in the subsequent games now and the body language factor and the leadership factor. But yeah, C.J. Stroud, you did it. The first one's done. Like you're out. You got chased, mm-hmm. you got sacked, uh, you had a couple incompletions. That's it. Just forget about it mm-hmm. and move on, uh, mm-hmm. which is what we did after that first game. There was a double header mm-hmm. last night, a late night cup of tea mm-hmm. with the Vikings and the Seahawks. Mike G stood out to you maybe from that game or if you want to keep going on the first one. I do want to keep going on the first okay. one uh, because before the 2023 NFL season, when someone says to you, I want you to meet my friend Tank, mm-hmm. you're thinking six foot five, 270 <laughs> pounds. <laughs> Biceps. On Somebody a who looks shirt. like Deuce Gruden. That's yeah. another thing. Yeah, goatee maybe. Sure. Shaved head. Yeah. That's Tank. Tribal tat. No, 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 no. That's Nathaniel. My man oh. Tank. Five foot eight, 165 pounds, but he plays a lot bigger than that. My man Tank came right out of the gate last night with five catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown that I pray to God we are going to see right here. I mean, listen, it's about the circus catch here and all that kind of stuff. That's great. Keeps his foot in bounds. That was a touchdown, by the way, because one knee equals two feet, one butt. That's a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, But listen, it was the separation. It was the fact that he was finding space. If you watched him at all. At Houston, go ask Clayton Toon, the quarterback for the Cougars, how many times he found Nathaniel Tank, whatever you want to call him, just standing there wide open with nobody around him because he's able to find, he understands coverages, finds the open spots, and he also creates that separation with that release that we just saw right there. Tank, 
big old tank who should have arrived at training camp in a tank to announce his presence mm. announce his presence yeah. on the field last night. You never know. If the Texans make the playoffs, maybe that's how he like walks into the first game. You know, we're all parents at the table. Alarming to see a graphic that said he's nicknamed Tank because he had a large head as a baby. I just mm. wanted to get that out there. I wonder, right? wanted to shout out his mom just for yep. that. Yep, oh, there you go. Good job, man. No doubt about it. I get, I, look, I'm, I'm in the big head community. Like My mom's still not right. Like I, I, I sympathize. <laughs> I'm telling you. I've watched you from the baseball cabinet. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's tough. Oh, yeah, I, I love you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Scott Zolak. <laughs> what else? What are we going next? I'm, I'm moving about? on to the second game. I, during the preseason games, I love to watch some guys make plays and come out that you didn't even acknowledge. But also want to watch the made guys, the guys that aren't playing in the game and are just hanging out on the sideline. And of course, who doesn't love watching Kirk Cousins? <laughs> Look at Kirk. No shoulder pads on. He has his helmet fully strapped up as if he is about to go into the football game. He is locked in. I'm sure he's cheering on his teammates all night long. He did not take that helmet off. He's probably getting the play calls. I'm surprised he didn't have his notebook on the sideline going over all of it. That's Kirk cousins but on the opposite sideline Bobby Wagner of course he has his helmet on he's locked in no he's doing a sideline interview with Michael Bennett and you guys know I'm a huge fan of the sideline interview during the games and he is being asked about who's the most swagless player on the team so this is two superstars in the NFL handling the preseason completely different one is locked in helmet on getting to play calls Bobby Wagner's enjoying catching up with an old friend reminiscing on Super Bowls but, hey, all in all, it's the preseason. That's what it's here for. Bobby Wagner, Kirk Cousins, I love watching it. That, was, I, that cousin shot is hilarious. Oh. That we, we're developing a Cousins Hall of Fame. We know the chains and everything. Throw it like in. The Coles cash. That goes in. Throw it in. I feel like he wanted to be out there. Remember when Russ was on the field doing the walkthrough by himself? Like I feel like <laughs> oh. Cousins is doing the, the motions field. on the sideline, yes. all that. There's another way to handle yourself on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And, like, your guy Slater was amazing last night. Matthew Slater in year 57 for the Patriots <laughs> is on the sidelines, not playing, working the officials. The play's going to go down. The quarterback's going to get taken down. And Slater's barking at the officials. And watch. And he gets the call. You saw it. <laughs> Jason, just take me through everything about this. And this, and then there's you guys laughing at <laughs> on the Twincast. Please go. Tell me. Matthew Slater, you don't always get to see his personality. This guy is funny. He's loud. Is he's he? talkative. And you see him over there. He's working the ref to your point. And he says, you saw he know that he got a glimpse of it, and when you work the ref and you get did you see that bill? I'm out here doing my job. He's locked in. He's paying attention to the game. He's there for his. Why team. was that so funny to you and Dev? Like, why are we all laughing at that? Because he's supposed to be playing in the game. He's out there with his sleeve on, fully yeah, dressed yeah, up, yeah, yeah. and he's just working the official. That's like, great. Referee also looks alarmingly like Stephen A. Smith. Just look at the referee. I know okay. we're focused on Matthew Slater, but just like take a gander. So the play Stephen comes on. A. He's like, you saw it, you saw it. And now we're going to hear it the next day at noon. Look at, look at him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Who's that guy? Yes. <laughs> Slater in the role of Molly Karam, just barking at Stephen A., trying to get some reason from him. That's great. Who knew? You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
I think there's a great message in there for all of our players, our young guys in particular, where iron sh sharpens iron. You know, iron sharpens iron. It's like iron sharpens iron, right? You know, iron sharpens iron. Because iron sharpens iron. I mean, that's what we're here to do, iron sharpens iron. Like I say, iron sharpens iron, right? I like to say iron sharpens iron, so um, it's cliche, iron sharpens iron. It certainly does, Coach Sala. That iron, it has a way of sharpening the iron. Thank you, gentlemen. Do you know what that phrase is from? Peter mentioned earlier in the week that it's actually from the scriptures, from the book of Proverbs 27, 17. I didn't know that, and I learned that. And what we're learning is these camp cliches that we've laughed at for years and that people make blogs out of, and we laugh about all the players say the same things every year. Do you know what those things mean? Do you know the origin behind those phrases or where they actually come from? We're going to get into it now because I have done the research and I have done the digging and I found out some wild things about some of the things our favorite players and coaches say every single training camp season. And I'm going to quiz my friends here in the high chairs, Jason and Mike and Jamie, to see how well they know. I'm going to give you a phrase or an idiom or a slang expression that we hear every single August mm -hmm. and see if you can tell me. Where the hell does this come from? Here we go, guys. Right. You heard the iron sharpens iron. What is the very first camp cliche? Roll it. We know what we're capable of, and we've added more talent, and, um, you know, the sky's the limit. The sky can be the limit. For Man, the sky's the limit. The sky's going to be the limit. The sky's the limit for sure. Oh, the sky's the limit for him. I feel like the sky's the limit with us. <laughs> I'm glad you do, my friend. The sky truly is the limit on how often people can say the sky's the limit. But... Where did that phrase come from? What is the origin story? Here's the multiple choice. Sky's the limit. Was it A, speech from NASA's very first deputy director back in the 1960s? Was it from 19th century high stakes poker games? Or was it a letter from Galileo to Copernicus? Why don't we start with Jason? Everybody lock in your answer. We probably should have whiteboards for the next one. Jason, what do you think when you look at those answers? What do you think? This, I think, is an easy one for me. Uh, I remember reading about this when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. The answer is C. Uh, that letter was just, it went viral everywhere before yes, the internet big. was even there. It was so huge. I'm going with uh, letter C. C, you think the letter, right. Mike, I'm, uh, Mike, careful. I'm going, I'm going B. It doesn't fit. So that's got to be the one. Because everybody's thinking, you know, astronomy and, uh -huh. and, and space travel. I'm you going, think it's a poker phrase? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jamie Erdahl? No, I'm just so, like, Jason retained things from high school. It's incredible. Um, <laughs> I love that you believed me. from NASA's, I'm going A. I did. You from think it's, NASA. want to know why? Because He stood up on the dais. I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit and be like, you know, because it's NASA, sky, <laughs> clouds, rocket ship, let's go. He told okay. the American public the sky's the limit. Yeah. Guys, that's a poker term. It's a poker term from 19th century poker. And Mike Defolo is right. Most origins have agreed upon that it comes from poker games with a sky-high limit on stakes. The earliest instance of the sky's the limit is from the year 1900. The Philadelphia Inquirer, Mike in Wheelhouse, with the headline, A Bluff That Worked. The sky's the limit on his fierce struggle with the cards. It was popularized in the general public when the airplane was invented. This is how long it's been. <laughs> and I'm sure the Wright wow. brothers are very proud of the 2023 Patriots offense that are now saying the sky's the limit, just like them who invented flight. Mike G has one point. That is Miami Mike, as we used to call him in the Foot Locker uniform. I'm all in. Here we go. Yep. Moving on to, uh, this is a good one. Please present to us our next training camp cliche. You know, I mean, it is what it is. Like, right, it's cool. It is what it is. Now it is what it is. It is what it is, man. You know, it is what it is. But I mean, it is what it is. It just is what it is. It is what it is. Thank you, Bill. What exactly is it is what it is, and where do you think that phrase originated? It is what it is. This is from a 1940s Nebraska State Journal article on frontier-era life. 
Plato's The Republic of Plato includes the phrase that is what it is. Or was it Teddy Roosevelt's inauguration speech? After becoming president, he told the American people that it is what it is. Lock in your answer, please, before your uh, competitors. Mike G, you're going to start us this time. Where does it is what it is come from? I'm going Plato. You want to know why? Because this feels like, yeah, it is what it is, like it's a throwaway line. But something tells me that Plato spent a good 20 minutes telling you that it is Mm -hmm. what it is, and there's like shadows on the wall. I don't know if that was Play-Doh or one of the other guys. Jamie, a big fan of Play-Doh, like the kind that you eat as a child. Uh, Jamie, what what do you think is the origin story? Don't like it as much as an adult now. I didn't realize the cleanup was as gnarly as it is. Um, Respectfully, Mr. President, I believe it was uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, People were listening in on their radio as he was giving his inauguration (laughs) speech. So it is what it is. In my presidency. I feel like this would be a term in a marriage where the husband is just messed up time after time and the wife's getting on him. He's just like, it is what it is, but that was not an option, so I cannot go with it. And I'm going to go with A in Nebraska in the 1940s. It showed up in the journal. I'm going with A. Okay. I do do that. I tell Sam, you're going to do what you want to do. Mm, that that sounds terrible. Well, he's going to do it. Go to oh. Yeah. ABC. Way to run the house. Way to run the house, Just do whatever you want. Just do it. <laughs> uh, you know what's a great read? The Nebraska State Journal back in the 1940s. That's where they had it. Guys, it's an incredible piece of prose. J.E. Lawrence in 1949 was just banging away Mm. on the keys on the difficulty faced during frontier-era lifestyle. He wrote, The new land is harsh and vigorous and sturdy. It scorns evidence of weakness. There is nothing of sham or hypocrisy in it. It is what it is, without apology. Wow. The the grapes of wrath have entered the chat. Um, George W. Bush used it in the 2000s, and then when Britney Spears was having her mental health crisis, she used the phrase, it is what it is, and young people went nuts with it, so to speak. Mike G, number number one, Jason, number one, Jamie's still with the goose egg. Mm. Jamie, the score is not great, but, you know, it is what it is. Let's see, though, (laughs) what the very next cliche is. Release the Kraken. Um, I think it's all about what the player does, and the proof will be in the pudding. And the the proof is in the pudding. You know, we did, but obviously not enough. I mean, the proof's in the pudding. It'll be one of those things that the proof will be in the pudding. I mean, proof is in the pudding. I mean, Miles Garrett saying it, Ron Rivera. These are generationally different people, and they're all talking about damn pudding. what is the proof that we have found about the proof being in the pudding? Why do we say this phrase that kind of sounds delicious? Is it A, is it an old prison joke about a death sentence and the final meal? B, is it factory worker speak for the filling of a sausage? Or is it actually a misconstrued 19th century golf phrase that's supposed to be the proof is in the pudding? One of these, I assure you, is correct. Mm. The origin story of the proof and that delicious pudding is what, Jamie Erdahl? Lock oh, in gosh. your answers, guys. Prison, factories, or the golf course? Uh, I get. I, I am alarmed at the first option. I was going to go with the newspaper because you were two for two on newspaper references, but now there is not one in here. Okay. B. So I'm going B, factory, factory worker. Factory of a sausage. Mike G, lock in your answer, please. I what was hoping have? for some kind of like a liquor thing because the proof. Mm. I thought maybe that oh. was going to be it. Uh, I'm going to go see. I'll go with the misconstrued. You know, a lot of these things are uh, sure. you know, misconstrued over time. I like it. Walk in the mile, walk in the green mile. Oh, I'm Jason. going with A, that final <laughs> meal. It has some pudding in it, and I'm sure that's delicious. The proof was there. I don't know how when it all When was the last time you had together, any pudding? It's been a while. It's been a minute. You're referencing John Coffey, uh, the late Michael Clark Duncan. Guys, we are going to what is likely a disgusting 19th century factory. And that is where it came. Pudding 
you'll, you'll love to know, in, in Britain at the time, is actually meant for what is inside a sausage, the filling of a oh, sausage yes. casing. The original origins of the phrase, proof is in the pudding, was someone trying to find out if the food was good or not. And way back in, century, in 17th century Britain, uh, it was sausage, and it was filling the sausage. So when you see Mike McDaniel and Ron Rivera and Miles Garrett talking about you know, whether or not their second-round pick will work out, they're talking <laughs> about disgusting British sausage in the 1600s. That's what it is. And this is a tie, guys. When I look at this score and then the talent out here, I say the sky's the limit. Let's keep those cliches coming. Uh, let's roll to the next one. We've got two left. Let's go to this one. He doesn't slouch on any of the details. You know, he doesn't beat around the bush. Uh, his leadership style is very straight and to the point. Uh, he doesn't beat around the bush a lot. Uh, I play to win the game. I don't ever. I'm not going to beat around the bush, man. We want to win a Super Bowl. What's he talking about? What is beat around the bush? What does that mean? What is the origin of this cliche? Bring up the multiple choice, guys. We have a tie game. Is it medieval game hunting motto, trying to avoid bees' nests? Is it an Australian outback phrase, meaning let's fight? Or is it C, strategy for fighting forest fires? Beat around the bush. Garrett Wilson talks about it all the time, apparently. Mike G, give us your answer. What do you think? Uh, there's bushes in the Australian outback. Let's go B. Uh, okay. Right there. Ditto. Ditto Australian outback. Let's fight. I'm going bush, with right? C right here. Fighting forest fires. I completely made this one up. Oh, completely. Damn. The true answer, guys, is right up here. Oh. A. When you when you go out hunting, you beat around the bushes to make sure there are no beehives in there to attack. You also try to get the game to come out. So the workers who are working with the hunters would actually beat the bushes with bats, and it means avoiding the conflict. Mm. Garrett Wilson is not beating right. He's going right to the end zone. We have one left. We have a tie score. It is one to one to one. This is very simple. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate the hustle as always. The final cliche for the win, training camp season, what are we working with? Um, so you have to be on your P's and Q's. Be on my P's and Q's. So we got to be on our P's and Q's. You got to be on your P's and Q's. Definitely have to be on your P's and Q's. Be on top of your P's and Q's. On top of all your P's and Q's. <laughs> we got Alex Anzalone, yep. Josh McDaniel. They're all saying P's and Q's. What in the hell are they talking about? Where's this phrase come from? What are P's and Q's? Is it shorthand for please and thank yous? Is it the 17th century bartenders tracking pints or courts? Or is it trying to avoid confusing P's and Q's on a printing press back in the day. This is for the win. If you all want to choose different answers, that's fine, or we'll have a tie. Jamie Erdahl's in quick with the printing press P's and Q's. You want to avoid those? Oh, we're yep. going to have a winner here. Mike Garofolo. Mike, you think it's a more contemporary please and thank you shorthand? And Jason, yes. why'd you choose that? Tracking pints and quarts, P's and Q's. Mm. Man, I'd love to have <laughs> both. I, I am pleased to tell you guys that the winner of Camp Clichés is Jamie Erdahl. Ah! It is a printing press expression. Those P's and those Q's, I don't know if they had QWERTY back in the day. They're tough to hit them. No, because the ink would smudge on printing The press. ink would smudge. Jamie's giving bonus content. Thank you, Foot Locker. We'll took you up with some socks before you get out of here. That is the winner. We learned about the cliches. We talked pudding, bees nest, fighting fires, the outback, and more pudding. That's hey. it. We learned a lot today. Well, it is what it is, Kyle. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
Mike G, uh, we are post Inside Training Camp Live season. How were all your travels? Anything stand out to you in particular? Uh, from a football standpoint or a travel standpoint? Because there's tell nothing us. that no, people football. love more than hearing about our travels, whether it's on Twitter or whether it's on the TV. What was the answer? Keep, keep it with the football. Yeah. With the football. Uh, I was up in Detroit. Uh, it's the only flight I took. Oh. I made my flight. It was great. Congratulations to United and uh, Newark Airport for getting me through there. Mm. I like to give my flowers whenever <laughs> possible, Jason. Beautiful stretch of the American landscape, that Newark Airport. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Detroit was great. The, the, the vibe, uh, the, the, stand, the stands were packed. That was the day that they announced they've got a season ticket waiting list for the first time. It's awesome. Which so they cool. believe the first time in the history of the franchise. Wow. And then you got Dan Campbell saying, that's great. We love the energy. We love the enthusiasm. We didn't make the playoffs last year. Uh, we didn't win a division. So that's great. Let's feed into that. But let's also remember we've please got Please don't lose by 40 to the Chiefs in week one. Please. It would be so disappointing. Please make it a game. Oh, no. How I love you, Detroit. Please I make it I thought you were going to say receiving hand-selected Kelly Greens when we were in Philadelphia mm. together. But maybe that was number two. Uh, well, no, no, no. Uh, n- number one was getting to work with Jamie Erdahl. Oh, well, that's not what I was going to say. Yeah, all right. It's fun. Uh, it really ditto. is. Uh, time for the lead block. Now we move our eyes to the fourth overall pick in Anthony Richardson as his new head coach Shane Steichen announced yesterday that Richardson will start for the Colts tomorrow against the Bills. And here's what Steichen had to say about uh, actually Anthony Richardson being named quarterback one. I get to go out there and showcase what I'm able to do with the ones a little bit. And the first NFL experience, you know, I'm excited for it. But, you know, same rodeo, you know, just get to play ball again. I know I'm going to be anxious, you know. Uh, I, just, I get to play football again, so that's always something big. And then just being on a big stage, even going to Buffalo, I've never been. So uh, it's, a, it's a first for everything, and I'm excited. He's thrilled, and he should be. What do we want to see from Anthony Richardson in his first week in his first NFL experience, Mike Garofolo? Uh I want to see a guy who showed me a little bit, because coming into the draft, and we sat here, and we every time we talked about it uh, pre-draft, this guy needs seasoning, right? Yeah. Mm. He's got a lot of talent, but he needs to understand the concepts and the play calls and this and that and the other thing. And then my friend Steve Mariucci, sup mooch, uh, he sat down with Anthony Richardson for our Draw My Play sure. series. I love this. And uh, a lot of times you watch these, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I was a yeah, guy needs to learn. Anthony Richardson blew me away in this. Mm. I mean, his understanding of the concepts and repeating what Mooch had showed him uh, and nailing it in this uh, understanding. The shake route, there it is right there and all that stuff. And he said, this is what we ran. Who was this again? Oh, that was Jerry Rice. It was a, uh, go back and watch that clip during a commercial break, of course. But mm-hmm. go back and watch it. Uh, so what I want to see is a guy who is now going to take that uh, understanding of what's happening on the whiteboard there uh, and showing it to us on the field. And you understand when you see it. You can, you can tell when a guy's got the understanding of the concepts, the way that he's processing everything, the way that he's making the quick decisions. I understand it's preseason. It's a vanilla offense. It's a vanilla defense. That's a cliche. Where did that come from? Vanilla ice cream, which it's actually brilliant. is pretty delicious. Delicious. Especially when it's non-dairy. That was the last yeah. segment. Uh, but I want to see that from Anthony Richardson. I want to see that quick processing in a guy that I say, okay, he's got it. He's understanding uh, what's going on, and he's in a rhythm. Uh, command the huddle, run the offense. <laughs> so it's all wonderful. <laughs> Just give me one play. You know what I'm talking about, baby. Give me that sweet, sweet nectar of your ridiculous athleticism. Uh, it's great that he can do the, the marker board and all that. He's 6'4", he's 240, he runs a 4'4'3", he jumps 40 inches. A lot of times for these guys, it's just one play. They can win the job. They can lose the job in one play. Yeah. But they can win it in one play, too. Uh, We've seen it over the years, especially if you have someone who has a tenuous grasp at best on the starting job, like Mm -hmm. Gardner Minshew does. But there's the one play factor. And the one play Jason was talking about yesterday, 
He's going to drop back. The rush is going to come. He's going to step up. He's going to pivot. He's going to spin. He's going to throw it 80 yards downfield on one foot. And he's going to be like, you're going to keep him on the bench? Because there was another time like this where the one-play factor kicked in. And let me take you to week four of the preseason in the year of our Lord, 2017, when things like this started happening. Mahomes in the offense back out there from inside their own 20. Spotted at the 18. That punt went out of bounds. Play action. Mahomes. Lots of time. Everybody covered. So Mahomes. Complete. Robinson holds it in. Inside the 35. Robinson again on the deep ball from Mahomes. Great catch by Demarcus Robinson. Even better throw by Patrick Mahomes. That's a rook out of Texas Tech. And I know what you're saying. You're saying, well, Mahomes didn't get the job. Well, Alex Smith was there. And Alex Smith was the man. And Alex Smith was not getting unseated. Mahomes got the job about 20 minutes later. We know that. That is not the situation. I think if Anthony Richardson makes this exact play note for note, fiber for fiber, he is starting week one for the Colts. I don't think it's going to take that much. He is way too talented, too much ability. I want to see the one play because sometimes that's all it takes. Can you list off those numbers again for me just to really set the stage for my take? Six four and a quarter. Okay. That is how tall he is. He weighed in at 244 pounds. Ooh. He ran a 443. That's not entry level 44 up before nine. 443. He had a vertical jump of 40.5 inches. And I can keep on going. I got arm lengths. I got hands. I got everything you could possibly do. I got whoops from Jason. Okay, take it all. Yeah. Put it in a, in a beautiful Anthony Richardson package. Yes. And then roll the tape that I would like to see in his first start this weekend because this guy's got personality, athleticism. Coach Shane Steichen, please do us a favor. Let this young man prosper in all in his beautiful, smiling personality and his happy-go-lucky nature. And the fact that he's just like, golly gee whiz, I might become the NFL starting quarterback at the number four overall pick. And let me do a backflip coming out of the tunnel or maybe after I throw that 80-yard bomb. I just want to see a backflip. Let him do it. Don't criticize him because this is who he is in his yeah. nature. I think he can do it with the ball in his hands. I'm serious. Oh. Like, he can just go down the field doing it. That's how he's going to dodge tacklers. <laughs> That's how much I believe in this guy. Yep. <laughs> so, backflips. Yep. Rolling out to the pocket, spinning, yeah, doing sure. a cartwheel, chuck the ball 80 yards. Yep. Anthony Richardson, I just want to see you communicate. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Get let's be this side in. of the table. <laughs> Make your reads. Did she just throw something <laughs> no, I at me? Too. Get the calls right. Go out there and just execute the offense. Execute the offense. When, when you hear the call coming through your helmet, the game. And, and Shane Steichen gives you the call, I want you to repeat it, not make any mistakes. I want those guys in the huddle when you're down there on the knee and you're looking yep. up at them, that they get it, they're confident, and they believe in you. Get everybody lined up. You make the routine play. Check it down to the running back if you need to. Anthony Richardson, you just go out there and you take control of the <laughs> offense. You don't worry about doing backflips. You don't worry about throwing the ball behind your back, throwing the 80 yards yes. in the game. You just be an NFL quarterback, and you show Shane Steichen that I am in charge of this offense, and I can get it done. That is what you do, Mr. Richardson. You don't listen to a Erdahl or to a Brandt. That's right. Don't go out there trying on to this do side. the theatrics and do all of these crazy things. You just go out there and play complimentary, mm. smart, mm-hmm. tough football yeah all of these things can exist yeah. he can have control of the line make yeah. mature decisions execute the offense yeah. and do a backflip bomb and then do a backflip we can we all just agree that's one Jason hell of a mic want to go to like they want to go to Jimi hendrix and be like just strum the chords okay <laughs> just hit the time just play your guitar my friend you can't spell fundamentals without fun yeah okay oh no, my god excuse me while i kiss oh. the sky that's what he's gonna do the sky oh, beautiful anthony so Richard, you play that way yeah. sky's the limit for you. hey, hey. <laughs> Uh, put $5 in the jar. 
So Joey Bosa's 2022 season was cut short, as we all know, due to a groin injury. But he's looking to come back even stronger than ever in 2023. Bosa has spent the entire offseason bulking up. He recently told ESPN that he eats close to four to 5,000 calories per day to attain the goal. He said that, quote, eating isn't even enjoyable these days. It's just part of the job. And Kyle, how does he do it? He also said, uh, this is a great quote, the key to gaining weight is eating a lot. Thank wow. you. Appreciate you, brother. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Socrates Bosa. Mm, I appreciate you. it. It gives us the way to finish our first hour here on Good Morning Football. Let's put ourselves in Joey Bosa's shoes or in his seat at a restaurant, if you will. You have to consume four to 5,000 calories in a day. Uh, what would you be eating, Jason? Uh, I want to start off with a good piece of meat. It has to be something that's really good. I'm going to go with a ribeye steak. Protein. Cook it medium. You got to have that. And I'm going to take two of them down. Give me some sweet potato casserole, some mac and cheese, and get through the meal. Though. That's the fun part. Then you get to the very end, and it says cookies and ice cream, but I want the skillet. I want that chocolate oh. chip cookie to come out. It's still in the skillet. It's hot. Don't touch it. Let the server put it down. Put a scoop of vanilla bean ice cream on top, and it just <laughs> sounds delicious. That is my meal, and it's bulking season. It's time for gains, baby. Mm. It's good. So much protein. All right. So uh, when it comes to this, I'm married to chip baskets, but I have a saucy mistress that I get after it with, and it's uh, it's cookie dough, just raw ass cookie dough. You see that log of like the Toll House cookie dough? I will stand at the fridge and eat it with my hands. 34 tablespoons, that's leveled off tablespoons. That's a very small amount. There I am, right there. I'll lick the bowl, I'll bring it over to the couch, I'll just eat it. They say, oh, you can get salmonella, BS. I've eaten tons of that stuff. I'm never sick, that's a lie. Eat away. You just keep eating it to fight pack against the salmonella. I, there's um, no salmonella, it's, it's a myth. Go ahead. What I've you never been able to answer a question faster than this. Here it is. Two Cinnabon cinnamon rolls. That's where I start, okay? Then we go chip basket totally. Chip guacamole, queso, I don't care. It's just crushing the chip basket is the goal. It's just the vehicle to the dip. Three, as we talked about earlier, number eight, club sub, no bacon at Jersey Mike's. I could take down three of those. That gets me to my four to 5,000 calories a day. Delicious. I love it. Why is it the no bacon again? Bacon, you're dropping bacon's calories. Bacon's too much of a flavor overtaker. Look at that sub. Yeah, that's good. Oh my God, it looks delicious. It's good. It is you good. know, I was, I was about to give you uh, props <laughs> because you up here in Manhattan called it a sub. Down there oh, in Mount yeah. Laurel, where they type up everything That's else. That's funny. In the Philly That's suburbs, the Philly. Catch. it said hoagies. Good. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, this is my eyes, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Philly guy, I go right to that. Uh, my, I, I know we were having a whole. Me- Jason, it's seven fifty-five in the morning. You've got a whole. Med- <laughs> you know, I just got one thing. Uh, give me the not. Okay. Wow, we got oh different God. flavors. Oh my God. So I, I can't do. I don't do the move. Uh, the stomach doesn't agree with dairy, so I got to go non-dairy. Uh, the other day was uh, Jerry Garcia's. I was going to take a day off, but it was Jerry Garcia's 30th anniversary uh, of his death, and there was a pint of Cherry Garcia in the freezer. So you're damn right, I dug into that. Uh, but that's Shout where I go Jerry. for that one. Yeah. That's you ever say screw it, Mike, and just go with the dairy anyway? Just what the hell? Just making. My point wife yet? was away for the last couple days, so. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I dabbled. Just That's how you lose the weight then, right? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.